What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Security Squawk Podcast, where we give you the business of cybersecurity. I'm your co-host, Brian Horning, here with Ryan O'Hara, Reginald Andre. How are you, gentlemen? I'm good. I, I feel like something's missing, though. Yeah. <laughs> Randy might be here later. Who knows? If he comes, shows up, we'll, we'll, we'll add him in. But um, we got a good show for you today. We're going to focus a lot today around things that can happen to you uh through phishing emails and through you know just the human what we call the human layer here at exact um you know the person getting tricked so a lot of the things today we're gonna that we're gonna talk about are gonna revolve around that because that's one layer that you really do have control over where you really don't have to hire you know a cybersecurity company you know at the end of the day you know to get all these you know firewalls and it's none of that stuff it's how do I actually know what to do if I'm presented with something on my computer, on my phone? Because that's where we're seeing a lot of these attacks being born from and not just ransomware. Um, you know, business email compromises is, is a is a bigger problem for, for people and just email compromise in general. Um, and malware is another another issue that that phishing can bring. So we're going to dive into a lot of those different things today to help educate you and help you understand uh, how to protect yourself and maybe ways to get educated about this stuff, uh, either as an individual or as a company. So before we jump into all that stuff, go ahead. What's up? To, to put it in perspective for people too, this is like the the uh, digital equivalent of, of somebody letting somebody in the front door. So you've got the best security system in the world, uh, but then somebody talks their way into letting you, uh, having you let them in the front door. Sure. So before we jump into it, Andre, I haven't heard you do the fee in a bit, so why don't you do the fee for me? The fee is free 99. There is no cost to the show. All we ask is that you please share it with your coworkers, any influencers in your business, um, because the more you spread the word, the more it's better for us. We don't charge a fee to the show. We don't have any sponsors, so um, please just share and like and subscribe. Whatever you got to do, you know what to do. Just we don't bore you with commercials. We don't we don't uh, we don't do promotions in here. Um, we just bring you the goods. We educate you and we have conversations that hopefully help you. And if it helps you, just share it out to your friends. Leave us a review. Let us know why it's a worthwhile podcast for somebody to spend time listening to. So um, we got a little bit of a special treat for everyone today. We're bringing in um, we haven't had a guest on in a while. So I kind of feel like it's our first guest because I know Andre and I back when we did the show with just the two of us, we had a guest on. Um, but we really haven't done guests in a long time. And the way things are, are kind of lining up, we probably are going to have more of a guest format uh, for this show uh, in the future um, as we build this out and we figure this out along the way. So we're real excited today. Um, a lot of you may know this company already, um, but we have today, we have Javad Malik he is uh, from a company called No Before. Um, and he is the lead security awareness advocate. And I'd like to take this time to welcome Javad to the Security Squawk podcast. How are you, sir? I'm very good. And thank you so much for having me. It's uh, an absolute pleasure. Yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on and sharing you know, your knowledge of the things that you're seeing inside of you know, a company that really just looks at 
all of the things that are happening to humans when it comes to being tricked and, you know, how it plays into this whole big thing of cybersecurity that, you know, that we are focused on here on this show and in our companies. Um, so real quick, give everybody kind of like the 30 second, um, how does Know Before help companies and individuals? So the way Know Before helps is um, they do simulated phishing. So it's like what it's like, think of it like a dojo um, that where like you can safely train within that environment, send, send your employees uh, simulated phishing so that they can learn to recognize them. And then on the back end of it, there's all security awareness training material to help people be aware of what the latest threats are, how to spot them, how to report them. And then there's some 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 tools on the back end of it. But ultimately, the the objective is to help people make better risk decisions. And uh, I think that's that's if we can get to some place like that, um, then we'll all be better off for it. And it's fairly interactive too. There's some overlap. So if somebody does click on one of those phishing links, they're going to get you know some different uh, training uh, served up to them as well. That's right. That's right. So there's different types of formats. There's there's a massive massive uh, library of content. And it varies. You can get live uh, videos, you can get animations, you can get posters, you can get screensavers. You, you know, the the the, the assets uh, is just, and, and they're in different languages, localized and in different forms. So if you want something that's a bit humorous, you can get sort of like a comedy-ish series. If you want something more to the point, you can get shorter, just more punchy videos as well. So there's something hopefully for for everyone in there. Yeah, that's awesome. And towards the end of the show, um, love you, love for you to kind of talk about some of the new things. And 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 then because I think a lot of people just think of um, training as like, hey, I get an email, I watch a video, I take a quiz, something like that. And you guys are really evolving, you know, what security awareness training looks like. And, you know, towards the end of the show, we'll kind of get into some of the newer things that you're doing, um, you know, outside of email. Um, cause we're, we're communicating, we're receiving messages in all kinds of, uh, different ways. And these are, you know, people don't think that these are points because they think of, you know, phishing and maybe some people are aware of smishing, but there's other tools out there that we're using to communicate that are being exploited every single day. And we need to bring awareness to that. So we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but Randy, welcome to the show real quick. Uh, Randy, Randy got tied up with something, but he's here with us now. What's up, buddy? It's good to see everybody. We're excited so, to be here. Excited to talk about this. We felt incomplete without you. <laughs> I felt incomplete without y'all. <laughs> so, uh, first one I want to jump into is this. You know, fishing. Just as you know, and, and you got to think of fishing in kind of the not the traditional sense that I think a lot of people think about it. Fishing happens a lot of different ways now. Um, it's not just an email thing. And I think for this conversation, we got to think of it in, in that respect. Um, we may say the word phishing, but there's all these different avenues that these messages can come in now. So keep that in mind. Um, but one of the things uh, this article here from uh, Spinnaker um, is essentially that the UNF uh, chief is basically coming out and saying like, hey, phishing is a major problem for for businesses and even for individuals. Um, but this isn't like some, you know, haphazard thing that random people around the world are, are, are doing, you know, individually. Um, 
And this isn't like a grassroots type of effort. This is a very serious and run by well-funded, well-organized criminal organizations that are trying to break into you, uh, into your business, into your home uh, digitally um, to wreak havoc, to maybe deploy ransomware, maybe to just sit there and steal credit card information, steal client information, steal bank account information and get funds and have money wired in different places or use customer credit cards to purchase things for themselves. Um, Javad, if you could talk about like, what are some of the scams that you're seeing outside of what I just mentioned uh, from Nova for? Yeah, so I, I think it's it's such a an evolving area. And like you said, this is not just average skiddies doing this. This is like organized criminals and even nation states. If you, if you go through like threat intel reports and you, you look at from anyone, um, when you look at the initial access vector, it's predominantly spear phishing that, that makes up the majority of, of them. And what we're seeing a lot now is um, a lot of layered attacks where the, the, the payload is coming in a separate medium from where the, the actual message is coming in. And, and it's quite clever. So, so um, you know, it, a, it, it, it knocks down people's defenses. And, uh, you know, it, it's really how you frame something. It, it's the context in which you frame it. You, mu you must have seen those kind of like pictures where you, you, it's, a, it's a photograph of, of police. Uh, someone's on the ground and police is on top of him sort, sort of thing. And then it's like one person can take that picture and say this is police brutality. And the other one can, can caption it saying, well, no, this is an injured person and the police was protecting them from, from other people. So, so this is what we see. It's, it's, it's quite a psychological game in how they, they layer attacks. And uh, so, so a recent good example would be the MFA fatigue type attacks, which, which go on. So they, they got your password somehow. They're logging onto your account. MFA is protecting you, but the pop-ups keep occurring. And then they'll come through a third channel like WhatsApp or they'll phone you up and say, hey, this is your IT department. Yeah, there's an issue. Just click yes, accept. And that will make the, the annoying pop-ups go away. And because it's just been framed in that way, we see a lot of people like falling for those kinds of uh, phishing attacks more and more. Yeah, we, and that's something we that we talk a lot about is, is how much of a component of this stuff is psychological. And it, it's, it's not, uh, it's not so much like what you see on TV and in movies where, you know, somebody's just, you know, typing away at a keyboard. Most of it's just, you know, more psychological about tricking people. Yeah, I was going to say we saw an email um, was actually sent to our company this week. Um, and I went to a uh, secured uh, sandbox um, to uh, just to do a little research. And it was a, a link that didn't look malicious and that went to another site that wasn't malicious that had a third link. And then it tried to download its payload into your OneDrive using using that link not the actual link, but when you went to that site, it was uh, pretty, pretty, I mean, it's simple on one hand, but pretty ingenious on the other because 365 didn't catch it right away. You know, um, they do now. They actually went and pulled it out of my box because um, I brought it in so I could, so I could uh, analyze it, but wow. Yeah. So Javad, one of the challenges I think that like companies like ours have when we're trying to, a educate our clients about the risks and certain things they need to be doing. Um, and even when I encounter 
you know, people who are not our client, but then I talk to them about what they're doing today um, around cybersecurity um, and how they're actually protecting themselves. Um, I think that a lot of times it's hard to for us to get across to them why it's important that we train our employees and why we constantly do it and we do it in ways that are effective. Um, I mean, I'm still talking to companies who think like getting together once a year in a conference room and throwing everybody in there and having some guy like me come in and, and do a talk for an hour is, is enough for cybersecurity awareness training and it checks the box you know, that we do this. Um, and we all know that that's completely ineffective. Um, but talk to me about, I guess, dispel some or, or let's set the record straight for people on you know, like, hey, I have a business owner or the person who looks at their infrastructure and say, I'm, I'm investing all this money in, in, in cybersecurity and, and protecting my company. And I just bought this, you know, spam protection, you know, email protection on, on you know, so we don't get any of these emails. Um, I guess talked a little bit about the effectiveness of, of that technology um, and why it's important that we you know, also continue to put many layers in place. So I look at that as like perimeter defense. That's what we would tell the client. Well, that's not, we're not protecting the human layer there. We're protecting the, the perimeter there. Um, and then if that gets, if it happens to get through that, then we need that human layer to be secured, which is done through, through training. So that's kind of how I lay it out, but I'd like to hear kind of your perspective on, you know, the folks that just don't understand, like they need to do security and awareness training along with having the protection in place because nothing's perfect. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's, that's the key point. Nothing is perfect. Uh, if you just choose one element out of any of them, you know, your, your risk profile is not going to come down sufficiently enough. And and an analogy I like to use is like that of building a road. So, to build a safe road, there's two components to it. One is the engineering part of it, like how thick do you need the the the, the concrete or the asphalt to be? Uh, how how much traffic can it withstand per hour? What's the weight of the vehicles? You know, take that all into account and build a, a structurally sound sound road. And then the second part of it is is really all the human elements of it, which is like where do you paint the lines? Where do you put the traffic lights? Where do you put the stop sign? And it's if you it's only until you have both elements together that you actually get a safe road where it's you're not going to elim still eliminate 100% of accidents but you bring down the risk to within an acceptable level and and this is how i look at an organization you have the the technological components that you need to have in place to ensure that you know you're not you're not getting bombarded with 100 spam emails a day uh, maybe that drops down to maybe 5 a week but then you, the you, the human element comes in and I think where, where some companies go wrong is they, they perceive it as we need to train everyone to become a security expert. And that's not what we're trying to do here. What all we're trying to do is say to people, look, just be aware that this sort of thing can happen. And if it gives you that spider sense starts tingling about it, then just hit that report button and send it to IT and let them investigate it in their sandboxes in a safe environment. So we're not pushing responsibility on them to become investigators or to look into where this link actually go. Just say, look, I'm not expecting this. Can you please look into this? And um, the, the the one missing element that I think people then don't talk about is 
it's really important for your security or your IT team, whoever looks after that, to have a good relationship with their colleagues across the organization. Because if people don't trust you, if they're not going to, or if you if they report stuff and it ne they never hear back from them or they get like, oh, this was just a marketing email, how could you be so stupid? Uh, then that's going to put up the barriers. So uh, a lot of this about building good relations with your colleagues as just as much as it is to to get them aware or trained up. I like that. And I've never really thought about it from that perspective where people just assume that they, you know, we're, we're trying to get them to be security experts. That's that's really interesting. Yeah. And, and, and that's a big, that's actually a core value that we work on here in our company is, is the things like that, that you say, like when we're delivering service, we don't want to make somebody feel stupid or feel, you know, less because they don't understand something that maybe somebody who works in IT does. Right. Um, and it goes the same hand in hand with cybersecurity uh, because you don't want to, if somebody doesn't know or they, they can't identify that an email came from a CEO and you can spot it in less than a half a second, you know, it doesn't make them any less. They just, they just need to become more aware of, of it so they can then spot it themselves. Um, and, you know, not everybody needs the same amount of training, right? Some people comprehend this stuff quickly and, and, and some people don't. Um, and it's just the nature of the world we live in, but every person plays, I, I would say the same. I mean, obviously you have people in organizations that deal with more sensitive information than others, but you know, when you boil it down, everybody plays an equal role in, in the process, right? Because it doesn't matter if you get in on the lowest level worker's computer, you might be able to jump to the, to the CEO through that computer. You just never know. So it doesn't matter. Um, and talk a bit, if you could, I don't, does anyone have any questions about like that before we kind of move in? Cause I want to talk about shadow IT a little bit. Um, go ahead. No, I just want, yeah, just want to add, it's all about culture. We always talk about making sure that the culture in the company is like you said, uh, Javad, it's no ridiculing. It's just, yep. Hey, you, if you're not sure of an email, ask the colleague, send it to support. There's no extra charge. That's what they're there for. So culture is very important in that. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You got to destigmatize, you know, um, where people don't feel bad or dumb or whatever for for doing that. And even in an environment like that, I think we're still we're still going to struggle, though, with adoption, with a lot of people just get too busy and they don't want to click that button, you know, to report the fish to the IT department. So. But then even not making that assumption too, and, and and overtly mentioning to them, hey, we don't expect you to be an expert. That that's that's kind of what I got out of it. Is mm -hmm. sometimes they get that response, even though you know you're not trying to convey that, or that's not how you think it's coming across. It's just because they know so little about this compared to where you're coming from, and they assume that they have to be you know a security expert as opposed to you know, just keep your eyes open and let us know if you see something suspicious. So. Um... Along with that, and, you know, I, I kind of want to, I was uh, reading this article that we have uh, from Construction Drive on somebody who wrote an article on four tips for, you know, to protect IT companies from phishing attacks. And one of the things they brought up in the article, which is not one of the tips, but it was is shadow IT. And we're talking about phishing and we're talking about receiving messages. But I know, know before you guys train on what shadow IT is, number one, and number two, why it's important for employees to understand that 
you know, doing what we dub shadow IT is a really bad idea. So let's kind of jump into that and educate people, you know, from, a, I guess, from an employee standpoint, like, what is shadow IT? What does that mean to me as an employee? Like, and then, then why can't I just do whatever I want <laughs> on my yeah. systems or, or use the cloud services I want? Um, and that's one of the things I know No Before does educate on it is is um, is shadow IT and, and and educating employees. It's not cool to go and do this. So go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, shadow IT. It's it's like you alluded to. It's where employees want to go out and use their own tools to get their job done. So that could be anything from emailing documents home so that they can work on their on their home computer on it to uh, using Dropbox to share files because it's a lot more convenient than than using the corporate supplied or, or maybe there isn't a, a approved way of, of sharing files externally. And th this has such broad ramifications depending on on the data you're dealing with. I mean, worst case scenario, you, you could be falling foul of some some regulatory uh, issues like especially like here I, I mean I'm, I'm here in London but you know in, across Europe you have GDPR, and, and personal data and what have you. And if, you, if you're storing them in, in insecure places then, or, or where people don't know where they are or you leave, leave the organization and suddenly that data's out there forever and a day. But also, um, you know, there, there's no assessment of the security or the controls of a lot of these, these tools. So the, the risk is, is really, really high with all of these. If for nothing else, it's because nobody knows where the data is or and if you don't know where it is it, it becomes really really hard to to secure it um the 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 one thing i i do say is like again i think this comes back to a cultural issue and the relationship the security team has with their colleagues is in most cases what we find is that people don't use shadow it for malicious reasons it's literally because they just want to get their job done and the tools that they have don't allow them to get the job done so you need to have that 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 communication channel where someone says, "Look, I need to share files, but the 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 tool you've given me or the process I have to follow is just prohibitive for me to get get my job done in time. So give me something better." Mm -hmm. And this is where we need to shift away from that department of no mentality to say, "Okay, you could have no to using X, but how about we do it this way or how about we 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 work around it like this and i think that is how we address the challenge it's not a case of like beating people over the head time and time again saying no don't do this don't do this but really getting to the root cause and saying well okay the reason you're doing this is because you want to do work from home um how about we give you a tablet that's corporate controlled and what have you and then you can go home and work on that but please don't email your personal um uh, email address for, to use on your home computer and that's a responsibility on us uh, to an extent is to, to be providing these uh, tools and these security processes, uh, but keeping in mind that that productivity can't stop as a result of that. Because I, I think to your point, that's that's where we start seeing more of these issues. When we make it so difficult for them to do their job, they find other ways to get it done uh, and, and move forward. But you know, also having that that comfort level where they can have that conversation with us, and we can get to that point of, you know, no, we can't do this, but here's what we can do to make it easier for you and get your job done in a, in a secure fashion. Yeah, right down and, and I think I think some of this comes back to sorry what we were just talking about 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 how everyone is adds value in the organization. And uh, I, I, see, I say that it's a lot about restaurants. Mm -hmm. Like you could have a, a world-class chef in the back end, 
But if the cleaner doesn't do a good job wiping down your table or the whole place stinks of sewage, you don't care how good the food is, you're not going to eat there. And that's why every employee adds so much value in, in an organization. And I think it, it can be quite arrogant of security teams to think that they don't have the time to deal with a lowly employee, whereas, you know, everyone plays their part. So uh, I'm going to share the screen right now. Uh, Trent Micro, I, I kind of stumbled upon this. This came out today. Trent Micro apparently has a blog where they kind of go over the top phishing scams of the week. Um, and I just kind of want to go through some of these to, to kind of show people like, you know, this is legit stuff it's, and these work. And these are the types of things that are being deployed by these highly funded cyber criminal organizations that we mentioned at the top of the show. Um, so like this one, you get this Costco survey scan, right? This could come into personal email, work email. Um, looks like a legit email from Costco that you could potentially win this TV, an 85-inch, um, you know, and it, it shows you that, you know, you have to go answer some questions on a survey, um, and they verify the answers. After that, you're, uh, you get this, like, little scratch-off where you actually win the TV. So now you think, oh, I just won the TV. It looked random. You know, it's not like I filled out the form and it said I won. You went through this whole scratch off process digitally and then you're presented with the delivery address. And then the last one um, is the, the credit card number. And then it says, you know, of course, no TV will ever appear. Um, and the scammers just co collected all this data about you um, that they can now go use to commit other cyber crimes. Um, and, and these are just all examples. Um, now, why I wanted to focus on this is because obviously Trent Micro writes this blog to sell this tool, um, and which is why I wanted to bring this up. Yeah, great. It's a tool that tells you, you know, uh, it's a browser plugin that'll tell you if you're potentially on a website that's known to be used to run scams. Um, Jabbar can probably talk a little bit more about this on what they're seeing on their side, but I know of a recent trend where technology like this is becoming very difficult. And, and this is where I want people to understand there's no silver bullet. And this is why we want to focus on security and awareness training so people get smart about this stuff. This works for no, like you have to know about it. It's kind of like the old antivirus, right? You, you had to know the, the signature or the file um, before you could flag it as something bad. And it's similar here, like it's looking at an IP address or it's looking at a domain name or a specific page um, with certain code in it maybe. Um, but it has to find certain identifiers to, to say, hey, this is bad. You might not want to submit information here. Um, there's a lot of ways around this. One of them I know is, is you can just spin up a domain, register it, and then two hours later be using it and only use it for maybe a day. And then you shut it down and you use a different domain. Um, and we're seeing cyber criminals do this. So um, I kind of want to point this out because I see a lot of these in a lot of different areas. We can, we can cite multi-factor authentication. We can cite tools like this. We can cite um you know next gen firewalls that say they block things you know you know from appearing in your browser because if they know it's malicious they're not going to serve it up to you um 
talk about why you know again the layers are important these things don't work nothing's 100 percent. but understanding that like this is the security awareness training is the foundation for getting all of this info because it changes so much and 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 i want to talk about like how no before is constantly staying ahead of the curve with their training so they can let people know uh about the new stuff that's out there because i think there's some training platforms out there that haven't pivoted and don't add things as quickly as you guys do um they're still kind of training the old stuff right and the new stuff might get there but it's not going to happen you know quickly so what, what can you expand on that a little bit yeah sure so i think tools like this they're 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 really good and i've, I've seen some other tools they're like email plugins which use some machine learning or ai as they they might call it to look at the language and look at how something's constructed and then it tries to give you a score as to how legitimate it is or not and th there's two problems with these specific types of tools is that a that they're, they're never going to be 100 accurate but but b it, it creates a false sense of reliance by the user because they'll be like well the tool didn't flag it as 100 malicious so i just went ahead and did it so That's so you don't want to let them feel that they're you know they have no part to play in it at all it's almost like the the, the tesla driver that died because he he left it on autopilot and you know down the highway and like you know feet feet up and what have you and it, you know it didn't see the 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 truck pull out and and crashed so so these these are um sort of like some of the the problems with uh some of the incomplete parts of the of the stack i think if you if you look at your your reliable things like your you know mail gateways and your edrs and everything like that that those are good good pieces to have in place um with regards to the training yeah i mean no before is continuously pumping out new content i mean they they acquired like about four at least four um content companies over the years that that whose sole job is to produce content for for training and awareness and uh the, the because like these scams they continuously evolve and we're, we're not just talking about emails now we're talking about scams they come in that phishing comes in on on whatsapp or signal or it comes on social media like twitter or instagram dms uh you know they, there's just no limit uh, and and actually we we now seeing uh, or hearing more and more of like deep fake technology being used in the, in this uh, kind of thing we we've heard of at least two instances where business email compromise type scams were taken part with a an, an alleged voice deep fake and i say alleged because there's no way of really proving at the moment whether it was or not but you can see that the the technology is advanced enough that it it's enough to sow the seeds of doubt in, in people's minds um, we, we see a lot of the, the, the deep fake generated photos being used as profile pictures on, on social media, and then they're used to, to, to gain confidence or build up that sock puppet and then using that to then leverage an attack. So that multi-stage attack is, um, is there. And so, you know, whilst the, the, the techniques are, or, or the, the tools at the disposal of the criminals are, are broad, um, ultimately it still comes down to a few principles that we need to teach people. And the thing is that if, if you don't tell someone to look out for something, they're not going to know about it and they're not going to, to see it. Um, there, there was a case in the U S I can't remember which state it was in, but there was a store where an employee walked in with a polo, smiled and nodded at other employees, picked up the cash register and walked out. 
And later it was found out that they weren't an employee at all. They were just some random person wearing that, that same polo. And, and and so what it is is because no one ever thought, they, they thought it was inconceivable that someone would be so brazen to walk in, pick up the cash register and walk out. They, they just didn't think to question it. Um, they probably assumed oh, it's a new employee or someone from head office or an engineer, whatever. We we all make up these these stories to justify stuff to ourselves, and and so once people are aware, then it becomes really easy. Like I haven't seen that person. What do I do? Okay, let me either challenge them or let me tell security. And and, and so that's why the, this awareness piece is so so important because otherwise it's just going to be in your blind spot and things are just going to walk past you. And that's that's a good point. I mean, you can have the best tool set in in the world, and you know, there's still something new that pops up that somebody walks in for the first time, and nobody thinks twice about it. Uh, so it's it's you know, even with all of that stuff, it's important for that human element to to continuously be trained on what to look for. Yeah, and and we you know, obviously we're talking about the email phishing, but look what almost happened to me about or happened to me about two three months ago, where I got a Zelle text message. I preach cybersecurity, I preach culture, I preach training. And, you know, there was an instance where, you know, a couple of more steps and I would have transferred $10,000 out of our business bank account. And because they hit you when you were in the middle of, you know, 8 million things and you were busy and did, you didn't have enough time to focus on it. Babe. Yeah. Yeah. So on the screen, I have this ACE, it was part of this article I was looking at with Trent Micro, the ACE hardware security survey scam. And what I'd like to kind of everyone to kind of chime in here on is this seems so trivial, this, this scam, right? It, 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 you know, basically you get an email saying you get a gift card, um, problems you a hundred dollars, you know, you click on the button, it goes to the survey page and then it gives you a fake login page that asks you for personal information and login credentials. Um, and scammers can gain control of your account. So, I'm just going to play kind of devil's advocate a bit here. Um, okay, so it's a fake Ace Hardware page, and maybe I have an Ace Hardware account. So I try to log into my Ace Hardware account. Now they have my Ace Hardware account username and password. So what? So, you know, anybody can chime in here, but Javad, like, what are you guys seeing with these types of scams? I mean, why is it such a big deal if I accidentally give someone my ace hardware login i would uh, say that, oh sorry yeah go on go on go on right. i was just gonna say i would say they don't always ask for your ace hardware like even though it's a gift um a gift card from ace hardware they might be asking you to log into your gmail or your 365 to receive it and since people aren't really paying attention and they want to get a gift card you know they just go ahead and do it because they're busy or whatever yep yeah. And, and, and the other thing we, we, we do see is like, because um, unlike, unlike me, uh, I suppose, like most people, they, they, they reuse um, their, their passwords across different accounts. So it's, um, there's a lot of credential stuffing that goes on. So once they have their, your ACE hardware email, they can use that to, to, um, to, to try and log into any other accounts you might have. Um, also, we, we, you know, we, we sometimes underestimate how much information is there and how long some criminals are actually willing to wait and build up a profile sufficient enough about you and through, you know, 
this is what OSINT is all about when they when they go around trying to find out all the details about you or your organization in particular, is it allows them to then next time build a far more convincing phishing attack against you so that, you know, if someone approaches you and says like, hey, you know, with a normal phishing email, like, hey, this is Netflix and I don't use Netflix, then, you know, I'm not going to fall for it. But if someone has all the information about, hey, we, we're calling from so-and-so because you bought this product from us and here's the serial number of it. Uh, can you read off the, the is, can you double check and make sure these, these are the last four digits on the serial number of your fridge? And you'll be like, well, this is a legitimate person. Of course, uh, I'm going to. And then they can go forward and ask for for payment details or whatever you say. So it can be a multi-stage or or a long long game there as well. Or or they could just sell sell the details online in of one of these forums as well. Okay. So you know, as I go through this article, you got you know PayPal phishing texts, Netflix phishing, Truist. Hopefully, you're not somebody that falls for many of these because like you said they, they they can sit there and build a profile and i think that's one kind of myth about cybersecurity that we can dispel today is you know a lot of people think that cyber attacks are kind of wham bam thank you ma'am they get in they get out and no and as javad said rightfully so he you know they will sit there and wait and build a profile on you um the other thing that we know is uh, they don't um, they don't uh, use password managers for the most part. Most users, right, or they don't know that they need to. Um, so the chances that that email or and password combination that you gave them uh, is used across multiple websites is very high at this point in the world. You know where we're at today, um, and. It only takes, you know, a few minutes to throw that password into a password cracking tool where it uses different variations where they can just brute force their way into a lot of different accounts that you own. And this can happen quickly and it can happen over time. Um, so, Randy, you said you got a PayPal story for us? Yeah, literally like two days ago, um, one of our clients got um, an invoice. It was from a real PayPal account. And it was an in invoice for $4,000 for jewelry. And then in the comments, they put, hey, if you need help with this or if you need any kind of support, call this number. And so this is CEO of a company. She called that number. Next thing you know, he's trying to log into her computer. We, we think he was probably going to log in, um, minimal log in to push pay um, or log in and who knows what drop what kind of stuff on her computer or still data. But he tried to log in with any desk and we have threat, <clears throat> excuse me, threat locker on her machine. So he wasn't able to do it. And that's when she started getting suspicious. So she called us, had one of the techs on the phone. And as soon as one of our techs said, why is this guy trying to log into your computer? He hung up. But that, that from a real PayPal account um, was an actual invoice. She could have paid it with a number at the bottom. I think that's pretty ingenious, actually. Same type of scams uh, going on using Intuit, too. So they're sending an, a, a legit QuickBooks invoice from Intuit for something. So similar type of attack. Wow. Yeah, I don't think the breadth and depth, like everybody, and, I, and I've talked about this before, but everybody's so focused on ransomware. I don't think people understand the breadth and depth of business email compromise and how bad it is and, and 
it's kind of like it's not it's it's an it's a un sensationalized attack right because i think a lot of people don't even realize that they're under a business email compromise attack um and that's the scary part like they don't realize that there's certain things happening on their email system um that they're completely unaware of and they're basically the source of of a crime for a cyber criminal like their information is the reason that they're able to carry this stuff out um you know we I mentioned it in the green room, but we got a call from a, a, a customer uh, who they well not a customer yet, but they will be um, who said that they had the FBI come into their business and say, hey, you know, we're investigating something and, you know, this is about to go down. But we found all of this information about your company and who you do business with and. You know, your financial transactions are some of the transactions that this person was able to exploit. Um, so we're not, you know, people aren't, you know, the FBI isn't walking into front door saying like you're about to get hit with ransomware. Um, but they're knocking on people's doors saying like your email is currently being used by cyber criminals and you need to have somebody who knows what they're doing come in here and and take a look at your systems. Now, the interesting thing is, is. Um, here's a pretty successful company in in my area, and they've never worked with an IT company. They've kind of just done it themselves, always. They've hired a kind of like a what we, we would term a break-fix guy or somebody who they call when they need something, a project done, something installed, something broke, and it needs to be fixed. That's the relationship that they have with their, their IT company. Um and you know they're they're they were under no expectation of security, but they they also don't understand the risk, um, and just having computers out there, just having you know it doesn't matter if you have servers, it doesn't matter if you think like you're just you know you just sell some you know you just sell um, wood or you just sell you know trinkets I don't know and like it, you you minimize the risk to your business when you say like nobody ever will ever have anything that I want. Um, the reality of it is, is you have employees, you have people that you pay, you have vendors that you pay, you have partners that pay you. And all of this stuff is probably sent through email a lot of times, even though you shouldn't be emailing sensitive information, people don't get it. And then they don't understand like, what's the harm if I email my bank account to this person, they're the only ones that are going to see it. Um, and that's that's not the case. So I don't know if you could talk about kind of, you know, that part of it, like with email and like people's you know, your your role there at Know Before is kind of like that psychological person. You know, how does a human being think on both from the attacker side and from the victim side? So, like, can you kind of talk about that, like how you guys usually from a psychology standpoint, perceive users when they think of things the way that I laid it out, where it's like, I don't have anything. Um, you know, I'm only emailing this to my friend and nobody else is going to see it. Um, and how that, you know, that way of going about things helps your platform be more successful. Yeah. So this is like a really, really challenging, challenging mindset shift for, for many people because, as soon as you say like email's not secure for this purpose, immediately in their mind they think 
oh, now I have to spend money that I don't have on a new technology that I only need because this paranoid person is telling me that I need to do that. So I, I think it, 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 we, we need to reframe the, 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 the way in which we approach these conversations. And uh, one of the worst things, people really don't like being spoken down to or made, like, like we said, they don't like to be made to feel stupid. Uh, a quick anecdote on that is uh, Betty Crocker, they make the cake mix. And uh, so, so you take the powder out, you add water, stick it in the oven, you get a perfect cake every single time. And when they first released this, they could not sell the product. Literally was dead. Uh, no one was buying it. So they, they went to some psychologists and said, why isn't anyone buying? And so they looked at the process and they said, basically because it feels like cheating. There's no effort involved at all. It, it's just literally cheating. You just add water and stick it in the oven. So they changed the recipe so that you took the cake mix out, you added water, and then you had to add your own eggs to it, two eggs. Crack your own two eggs and put it in there. Just the fact that you reached into your fridge, got the eggs and cracked them and put them in, made it feel like they were involved in the process and they've contributed to it, so it wasn't a cheat. And then, you know, since then, like, you know, Betty Crocker is like a, a world-famous brand and, you know, you, you, yeah. they're always selling out. And... And this is what we need to do. I think what I really like about that story is that we sometimes go to people and say, this is a risk, this is how you should do it. Um, and rather it, 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 a, a better consultative approach is, is, is far more better in, like, in, the, in the sense that, you know, hey, you know, you're doing this. What, how would you feel if somebody else got access to this? Regardless of the likelihood, let's not even talk about likelihood yet, but just how would it make you feel if someone was seeing this or uh, the, the the classic one if this had to be read out in court um you know how would you feel about that and then it's like okay um what do you want to do to change this and and if you involve them in the process sometimes they they're far better at at solutionizing the uh the the, the way forward than simply us telling them the way forward that's 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 great so guys do you have any questions uh, there's one more uh kind of like a, oh my god i can't believe you fell for it type of thing i'm going to bring up next but do you guys have any final questions for javad before we uh we go just, into that follow up you know so so phishing is, is is like a really good entry point so we talked a little bit about business email compromise but you know to to the point that brian was making too you know if they get in there and they're looking around and they're not seeing an opportunity to uh capitalize on like a financial transaction or something you know, they also have a medium now by being in there to uh, trick an employee to click on something else to then deploy ransomware in the environment. So they, once they're in that system, they've got a lot of options. They're, they're in the trust zone where you know, this stuff is coming from a trusted source and, and they've got a lot of uh, uh, opportunity to do any number of things at that point. So it's it's like I was saying at the beginning, you, you've let them in the front door and now they're in their living room. You know, it's up to them what they want to do from that point. Mm -hmm. So... I'm going to pull up on my screen the article that we kind of tongue-in-cheek talked about in the uh, in the green room, but it's kind of filed this under, I can't believe they fell for it, but um, it highlights that you can fall for it, right? It, it, people's lives are busy, right? And this is the psychology thing where we might not always be on our toes, right? I think this morning... I'm usually somebody who doesn't do well when I'm feeling very rushed. 
And this morning I was very rushed. And I know that in those situations, if something comes across my phone and I'm just trying to focus on what I need to get done and this thing seems like a little bit of a distraction, I may not give it the attention it deserves. And I think that, you know, that's where a lot of people fall victim to this stuff. It's like, oh my, you know, in normal circumstances, they're going to look at themselves and go, I can't believe I fell for that. But in the situation that they were in, in that moment, you know, this came across their, their radar and unfortunately they, they got tricked by it. So um, we have a, we have an imposter claiming to be an astronaut wooed a Japanese woman into paying for a return ticket to Earth. So Javad, you, you brought this one up, so I'm going to let you tell everybody about it, and then we'll, we'll wrap up the show. Yeah, so, so I think romance scams have been around for a long time, and you know it just quickly escalates from online meeting to, I'm madly in love with you, you're the person of my dreams. Uh, and and they, they, again, a lot of the psychology at work is identifying someone who's maybe lonely, maybe someone that's a, a bit elderly is often a good, like when they're a widow or a widower, and they're lonely, their kids have flown the nest, and you know, they 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 have money as well normally uh, or or some funds available at that at that age so it's a it's a very rich target and you know if you can convince someone again what is the psychology of a lot of these is that uh, there's there's an author Daniel Kahneman and he wrote a book called Thinking Fast and Slow uh, he I think he, he he won a Nobel Prize as well possibly. But he, there's a TED talk about it as well. And he he breaks it down into system one and system two thinking. And really quickly, it's like system one is like your monkey brain. It makes decisions quickly. It's reactive. It's emotional. And system two is your very methodical thinking. And uh, that's what we use to solve complex stuff. And uh, criminals would always want to keep you in system one thinking. They don't want you to slow down and stop and think about what is being asked or how. So they'll apply pressure. They'll use techniques. They'll they'll keep you emotionally hooked, whether that's through anger or or greed or love. And so once once you've got someone in that in that state, the the blinkers go on, and then they they don't listen to reason, and they will convince themselves of the justification for this. So this lady, she ended up getting uh, she 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 met this person online. And uh, he couldn't video call and his connection was intermittent because he was on the space station. And then their love blossomed and he's like, I really want to come and see you, but I, I can't come back unless I pay $30,000 for, for the return flight. And so she sent him money over a period of time um, and then he kept making excuses. And eventually I think she, she realized what was going on and she went to the, the, the police who, who, who informed her that sadly she'd been conned. It's also kind of a play on the, uh, you know, you've won something, you just need to pay for the shipping kind of thing. In this case, it just happens to be an astronaut. <laughs> yes. So, Javad, I, I really appreciate you coming on today and kind of giving us, you know, your perspective and your, you know, you're, you're very much uh, one of the companies that, you know, all of us know and, and work with. And, um you know, we understand what you guys do and how you help. So maybe you could kind of let everybody know, you know, what type of businesses you help and, and what and how you're helping, how they can contact you or know before to get more information. Oh, yeah. So um, the human problem is one that expands across every sector. 
and every size of organizations. We, we've got over 50,000 customers around the world, uh, ranging from 25 person companies all the way up to, you know, hundreds of thousands in, in large enterprises. So um, there, there is something there for everyone. I, I, I think it's, it's an obligation or almost like, yep, that's our website up on screen, uh, knowbefore.com. And, you know, just giving people and and I'd say like you don't uh, like like you said in the beginning, sometimes organizations, they'll, they'll do a once a year, one hour presentation. Don't do that. Um, get something like no before. And what you can do is is drip feed small content, relevant content, regular content to people. Think of it more like a marketing campaign as opposed to a a training program uh, and keep security top of mind. And, and help your employees make those uh, smarter risk decisions. So, so that's what we're we're there to do. That's what we're there to help with. There's there's plenty of tools um, underlying it, but everything focuses on the human side and building a strong security culture within your organization. Which is huge, you know, for for guys like us when when we're trying to recommend certain tools, do certain things. Sometimes to the end user it can seem like it's restricting or, you know, and it takes that knowledge to bridge that gap between what IT and security has to do and, you know, business operations, which which needs to run and things still need to be efficient, even though security tends to slow that down a little bit. So um, any last questions or, or, or words before we wrap up the show, guys? Um, I, I appreciate uh, Javid's time. I, I think that was a, a great show. Yeah. Some really good uh, um, uh, input there. Yep. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's no before. It's K-N-O-W-B-E and the number four dot com um, if you aren't familiar with uh, the company or the website. So I appreciate it, guys. See everyone next week. And uh, take care. Share the show. All right.